issues with, uh, there we go. Good morning. Unstoppable Leadership Podcast is underway. We have guest Geraldine with us. She is actually coming live from Switzerland. So that is amazing. I bet you it feels good over there right now. And especially being able to be with family and friends, that even makes it even better. Geraldine is an accountability strategist that coaches entrepreneurs to get consistent results with processes and teams. And I love that because that is one of those things that we can all use an accountability strategist. I know I need one every so often. So Geraldine, introduce yourself, let our audience know what it is that you do and how you can make their business grow. Yes. So the main thing that I have built multiple businesses over the past decade and for example, the last one was a software development company where we went from four people to 35 within one year. So if you didn't learn to have good systems in place to how you actually grow your team, well, we would have broken it. You know, we would have broken every single angle and would not have been able to scale the way we did. Uh, so through through building my companies and having teams of various sizes and especially in with also service companies such as local areas where you know you can't just have everything remotely. You really learn that when you come down to it, that it's about how do you keep yourself accountable to the standards that you know, because we know so much, right? There's it's not like there's a lack of information. Like if you, I don't know, want to lose weight or you know, mostly you can't walk down the street without having like 20 people that you could be asking. For, for how to do that. So right now we have such an overwhelm of information for any area wherever we wanna go, but how do you actually keep yourself accountable to the standards that, or the goals or the outcomes that you want to get? And the second point is as, a, as an entrepreneur, when you build a team, it's also how do you keep your team accountable, right? Because we all know it can be very frustrating if you think your team is not stepping up or is not getting, like when you start wondering what what are they doing or, you know, all of these questions that can really tie an entrepreneurs down. So that's why I went to the core saying I'm an accountability strategist because I want entrepreneurs to build businesses that could grow without them being there, which ultimately, if we think about it, is not what we want when we set out to build a company in the first place. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah, reality is most of us don't. Like the company is highly dependent on the entrepreneur who built it. And that's ultimately what's going to drag our momentum on the long run. So I'm all about how how do you keep your momentum going and so that your business can scale, scale on a predictable level. And even if it's not scaling, just as, for example, right now, during Corona, during the crisis, which is, you know, it's here to stay for a while, uh, being this unpredictable uh, situation that we are in right now. So if you're not keeping yourself accountable and others to certain standards and having processes that you can even just survive and also thrive at ideal places to even, you know, take advantages of where we are right now. Yeah, and that's it. That's definitely a good point that you bring up is 
when you first become an entrepreneur, the reason why you do it or most of us do it is for the time freedom factor. And yeah. <laughs> then when they get going, they're like, I'm spending more time building my business than I ever worked a 40 hour work week. And I think that that's a huge shock to some because they're going like, I'm spending more time. But you're right. If you're going to grow that business and you're going to have to have that accountability factor so that you're able to walk away when you need to. One of the young young men that I actually interviewed, I think it was earlier last week, that was one of the things that he had done is he started building businesses and then he would hire people to manage those businesses for him. So now he has four businesses going. If you think that you have to control every single bit of that, you're not going to be able to do that. And if you do try to do that, you're going to drive yourself insane doing it. So give us some tips about how you get people from building just one business to possibly building multiple businesses with the processes that you help them put into place. Okay. So the easiest mindset shift and all listening, don't kill me if I say this, but you, you, if you think about you would sell your company or even let's put it, you know, that would be a rosy scenario for some people, except for everybody entrepreneurs who's like, I don't want to sell. I love my business. You know, don't kill me right here. Just it's a mindset thing. Okay. So, so, or something happens to you, you know, you could, this could also happen. Something happens to you. Well, let's say you're gone one week or one day. Let's start with one day or two days and you look at, okay, where does your company stagnate right there? Like, you know, let's not even get, you know, to first do this. We're going to get there. But first, like, look at your company, sit back and say, okay, you're two days gone. What is going to stagnate or crash or stop working right there? And then you do it for one week and then for a whole month, you know, would your company still be going or even growing um, and what components of your business will break down. So you can start with that mindset. So the first thing that you you do is you start uh, or that I do is you start looking at, okay, what recurring processes do you have, for example? And do you have those documented down? And I mean, documented down is it's a horrendous task that we hate to do. I admit it. Yeah. Uh, but once you have, and this is mainly for, for uh, entrepreneurs who do have a product that is already running, um, not searching for too much sales, right? If sales is your problem, like you're not getting any sales, then focus on that. Don't document your processes up. But um, the first thing is really like, you don't have process documented the way you should that you could literally hand it off to another person and they would be like, okay, I can, you know, I can scream through it. I know exactly what to do. And the, the ideal of that situation is, is that yes, that if someone on your team, you know, is falling out, falling short, then you could have give them another person a guide and they could jump in and hand it uh, and do it just, just almost as good. Pretty much. That's that's one thing that most of us don't take the time to do, Uh, but it is so valuable and so important. And honestly, I've gotten to the point where when I develop a product or an idea, 
I actually like map it out. You could do it visually, like in Lucidchart, for example, or any other flowchart diagram program. And then you really map it out like, okay, from a, for example, customer journey perspective. Okay, they're first gonna get this email, then they're gonna get this, then they're gonna get, you know, then I have to do this in my systems that it triggers this off, this is automatic, like really this detailed and have it all on one chart. And if you map out your customer journey in that way, you know exactly where you still have to improve. And if you do that, by the way, first do it as reality as it is right now, like your actual process. And then in another color, say where you can improve because so you won't get distracted with this is already in place and this is your this is the part you still have to improve by right and then you actually put a time stamp on it um and so a time frame how long you have for that task yeah that's how granular it gets <laughs> right oh, yeah and you put every single link in there so actually at the end of it you could have you have one document with all the links going into this document so you don't have to go searching around like you know we've all done it our hardware is full or our drive or wherever you keep your things and it's like uh wait where did i put it <laughs> you go searching for it well if you put one flow of your whole for example customer journey then the that email that you should be writing or that contract that should be going at or that um um, whatever else will you want to send out is going to be in that flowchart already linked. And then there you go. You could just go in there and you know exactly you have everything. So that is massive productivity right there. Um, one other thing that I should re recommend, especially in crisis situations like right, right now, is really think about, okay, you have to think about how does my business survive, right? So at first of all, it's really thinking about how do you survive? How do you do the planning? Um, and then is how do you take advantage of this situation right now, right? And if you want to sell in the future, or then it is one of the things, how do you get recurring revenue, right? So for example, I have um, hairdressers as clients of mine. And as you might know, they're in some places of the world, they already are closing down again um, yeah. and they have to close down their shops again, unfortunately. And, you know, this becomes a real existential threat to the yeah. company. So instead of focusing only on hairdressing is to think on a bigger concept. Well, how could you serve your customers on a different level right now with maybe a recurring product with, uh, you know, making the online store to the next level with subscription models. And, you know, there's so many different other business models that you can go look into that will be, even if you reopen, will be an advantage to other hair shops because you're actually treating the customer on a higher level. And I love that you're giving them that option to think. And that's one of the things as small businesses, if you don't have multiple streams of income and with what we have going on right now, it is a life or death situation for a business, unfortunately. And that goes for restaurants, movie theaters, all of these things that most people take 
took for granted before all of this stuff hit and you're going like okay how are we going to continue to survive so when you give them that option of doing subscriptions or subscription boxes of products and another thing that comes to mind for me for hairdressers is teaching your clients how maybe to really take care of their hair at home with different products versus some of the products that are filled with chemicals give them a better cleaner healthier way of taking care of their hair and once you start doing that then they're like oh there's different things and you know along with that then it starts with health too because you know when I start thinking about hair I start thinking about internal health too and a lot of people don't think about that just like we're doing now drinking water staying hydrated that all has to go with how your hair looks and feels so it's a really good thing to give business owners those different streams of income so when stuff does shut down they're not having to worry so much and stress so much about losing income because they still have income coming in yeah and it's better and it's better if you want to sell your business at one point uh your value of the cup company will go up it's just a side fact to to go but if you really ask about what are three things i always look for uh especially my employees is do they have a very clear outcome the result and it might seem obvious but it's most of the times especially in an entrepreneurial startup or uh, level we love to change around things you know we're we're hearing something else and then we're like oh i had this great idea and you're your team already goes like, oh, sh <laughs> uh oh, what's coming? <laughs> you know, so you always have to really see is the, the outcome, the expectations that you have, is that really written out clear for the other person or for yourself? Like, what is the result, right? And then the second thing is, is, is there a, a clear process? So, for example, uh, when you go run a marathon, for example, or a half marathon, whatever, you have a very clear outcome, right? You go, you want to go. My first run was half marathon was in, in Malaga. I knew I signed up for Malaga and I want to go there, right? It's a very clear outcome. Well, then I had a very clear process. I knew how many miles I should be running. I know what time. I know how many times per week. You know, you, you have an exact process of what should you be doing to get to that outcome. Um, and if that, if your approach is not working, well, then try another one, right? I love to say fix the, the process, not the person. And and the third thing is then is that the support here, the accountability, which means, you know, are there clear deadlines? Do, does everybody know who is responsible for what and when? Uh, so I always look at before, if something doesn't go the way I want to in the company, I always look at these three things first. Is were the expectations clear? Is the role of the employee clear, right? Because most of the times it's not written down uh, specific enough for people actually to know how can they win at their job. Um, so is are those clear? Then are the processes clear? Do they know how to win? And then can I support them? Because if I have these three things in place, then you can start going from um, I love one of my mentors is Alex Sharfen, and he is, he always says that you go from transactional management, which is 
you tell somebody what to do, you see that it got done, and then you tell them again what to do, right? And this is for an entrepreneur very tiring. Like for all of us, right? It's very tiring if we work this way. Um, and you can go down to micromanagement. But if you don't have processes in your company, you ha or measurements, for example, or tracking sheets, then you have to micromanage because you never know what is the other person doing, right? So you, implementing operational system actually lets you go from this transactional uh, manager, manager to a, a transformational coach where you actually coach people to success, where you give them a clear result and say, this is where we want to go. Um, and then there's, you know, you can even figure the process out with them or have the process already, depending on the, the position. And then you can coach them to, to succeed. And that is a whole different way of thinking and working with people when you get to that level, because that's just so much more fun if we can help people to succeed versus we have to check that everything got done. Exactly. Yeah. And you're you're correct. Checking off things always drove me crazy, even though according to I think it was the Myers-Briggs is what I took. I am very task oriented. However, it had to do with what I'm really good at being in retail for 18 years, you do have to be task oriented. So learning to get away from that was definitely an interesting journey for me. And it's great that you said talking about leading them to processes to where they can be transformational. So talk about what was your biggest success client that you had that took them from being maybe down here to up here? Yeah, so we started out, um, coincidentally, she also owned a hair saloon. Um, so I have, I have clients from software development, hair saloons, authors, um, so quite different industries. Um, but let's say that client was in the, had a hair saloon, her team was not stepping up. She always wondered, they were nagging and, you know, that really that kind of team was talking about people's back and, she couldn't leave, like she couldn't breathe. And she was really at the point where she thought she either had to sell her business, like just to get away <laughs> from feeling this, this drag in her life. And that's a business that that person has built up over 15 years, uh, you know, and, and that's really tough position to be in at that point. And uh, oh, yeah, and she was pregnant. Um, so putting a timeline on it, saying like, but that's the thing. That's an interesting point, because as soon as you have a family, you start to see that, you know, we we don't mind the grind, right? So as entrepreneurs, we grind like hell. But if we have a family, that will give us a reason to say, hey, maybe, you know, I want to do something else than grinding as well. Um so that's what happened. And she was really saying, like, I think I have to sell my business because I can't handle both. And we really went from the point where nothing was, you know, nothing was going on in itself. Like she was the one pushing. She was the one always having to be there. Um, if there was a fire, she had to make it out. You know, the people came to her and she was like, you could have, saw, you know, in the mind, of course, thinking like, yeah. This is so silly. You really could have solved it yourself. You know, this kind of situation. 
and not being able to take a day off. And so implementing then going from strategic planning, implementing the processes um, and all of these little steps that you take, we went from that to her taking a full nine month off uh, maternity leave and the business grew every single month because yes, she also implemented a uh, operator in between, who, so a little management team. Um, it all in that time period of actually pregnancy, <laughs> um, going where she could fully be be off, and the company grew without her, and she went on to build a uh, a, um, a venture for the industry, like completely changing the industry, taking it even further than that. Uh, but it was it was a, an amazing experience that you can really say um, this works to the point where you don't have to be there and the company goes for you because you put in the processes. I always say it's not just a policy that you throw out there. You know, you have to think that in the terms of how do you change, how do you influence people's behaviors, the way they think, the make the way they make decisions. Um, the way they go at problem solving, you know, you really have to think about all of those functions. Because if you think about if you want the company not just to kind of stay level while you're gone, but to grow, well, then you have to put in specific habits and routines that people, for example, are innovative in your company without you being there. Mm -hmm. Right? Without you having to ask always, you have to have uh, routines or or specific meetings or you know you could have a lot of different ways of doing it but you really have to step back and and look at it from the behavior perspective of how what needs to be in place for people to start thinking for you to start making people think about for example innovation and growth right yeah and not exactly. just making the assumptions people will make it if not i'm not there because that's that's what's mostly not happening. If you're a person, and it's interesting, I just had this conversation with my twin sister yesterday, where she used to have a boss who, you know, they, she took over everything, kind of like micromanagement boss, you know, and I say, that's very dangerous because what happens in the employees is they start backing off. They're, they're, you're training people to not think anymore. You're training people to not make decisions and, you know, that, putting the responsibility on you as the entrepreneur. And that's kind of like the circle, aspiring circle that can go really backwards. Um, so if you want to step away from the business, you have to, you know, really switch it around, not just thinking, okay, I need this new software <laughs> and that's going to solve it. But you really have to step back and think of, okay, I want them to regularly think um, about how to improve the system. Well, then they should know what the, for example, system or the process is, right? And then they'll be more likely to improve it, for example. So there's this little itty gritty things, but it's really more about behavior um, and decision making, how they make decisions. And, you know, you're teaching people kind of to how to go about in situations and that will lead you to success. Yes. And you touched on that just a little bit when you were talking about having them make decisions because one of her downfalls is they kept coming to her and she kept answering it. Yeah. So you have to teach your associates, your employees, however you want to say it, you have to teach them how to make decisions 
and one way that you do that is you ask them a question. You ask them an open-ended question. Don't ask them a, you know, yes or no question. You ask them an open-ended question like, well, how would you handle this? Or what process do you normally use? You're giving it back to them because now you're teaching them how to take their own responsibility on how to do that. So you touched on that. And I like that you touched on that. Another thing that you touched on before we really start wrapping this up is succession planning. Let's talk a little bit about that because a lot of business owners don't think about that. And I actually have a gentleman in my network that I met last year down in Florida. And he was talking about succession planning for family farms. And I said, you know what, that is interesting because nobody really thinks about those things. So what's going to happen when grandma and grandpa or mom or dad pass away? What's going to happen to the farm? So same thing with these small businesses. So what do you do to help them to see that succession planning to help them put that into place? Again, I, the, the companies I work with, I literally make them think about um, what is their exit strategy now or succession planning? You can say it as you want. You can, if you want to give it further in your family, that's fine. If you want somebody to sell it, if you want to like say, you know, if I'm gone, then I'll liquidate everything. <laughs> it is an option, but you have to like make that decision. And if you want to sell it at one point, especially already if you're um, elderly, for example, another option would be that you sell off 50% like 10 years before you want to go away uh, to to a member. So you can still be there while it grows, not when you're like in your last strides and companies kind of losing value and you don't have the energy for it anymore. And then you're just like, take it, whatever. So it takes a lot more pressure off of you when you start thinking in advance, um, thinking, okay, I'm getting there and I'm putting it out maybe for 50% and helping to grow that company and taking, you know, somebody to new levels. That's a whole different way of thinking when you already do that now. And yes, I know most of us build a business, especially at the beginning. They're like, it's my passion. I never want to sell it. You know, we, we don't want to think about the end. Um, but, but if you think about it in that terms on the other side, again, then especially if you employees, I say it's your responsibility because if you don't, you're not, you're not the leader you could be for your employees because if your company completely breaks down the moment when you're gone, well, I'm, it's tough to say it, but you could be having an accident tomorrow and then your, your employees would be like, you know, gone off the table. So if you don't have anything in place, um, also for, for um, succession planning, then you're making a disservice for your clients and your your employees. Uh, so I would really put it to everybody's heart to start seeing that way how you can build your company if you want to sell it or not. But it gives you so much more freedom if the company could grow without you, um, and you can choose what to work on because that's your passion, right? Um, and if that means, as you touched before, if you put on place an operator or a CEO that runs the company for you, um, and if that's a small company you want to keep small, that's that's good enough too. 
But for example, if you build it, that it increases value or, you know, you automate some things um, or you have a, a risk plan, that's all the better because that really takes you to the next level. So I really put it to everybody's heart to really think about these steps. Yes. Um, what would happen? Like take this time before you get to the point where you, uh, you're like, okay, I'm completely fed up with the business and I want to have it gone in a half a year because it, you know, it mostly doesn't take that fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and those are really good points because I think that that's something everybody needs to think about. Um, I know one of my mentors, that was one of the things that he was talking about. He says, I got things in place that if he passed away today, he already has it right out that if he if you are in his coaching program, then you get a complete refund. And I was going like, I really start. it got me started thinking because I haven't even thought about succession planning because literally I'm just starting out. But I'm going like, you know what? Those are things that you literally need to have in place that you may not need them in place like right this minute. But it needs to be something that needs to happen fairly soon because you don't never know what tomorrow brings because we're never promised that we're going to be here tomorrow. So just to have that weight off your shoulders and off of your associate's shoulders is a huge thing. So I, I definitely agree with Geraldine. Please, if you have not thought about it, start thinking about it, implement it as soon as possible. Because if, if anything has taught us since March of this year, life can change at the drop of a hat. So please take that time to really sit down and think about it. And there's really good people out there like Geraldine that can help you with that and set you up with those plans. Because I know it can sound overwhelming, but it's something that needs to be done. Okay, so we are just about at the end of our podcast. What is one last nugget that you have for our listeners? Um, so I keep on saying that um, if you're not getting the results that you want, it's not your identity, it's a strategy you're missing. So you simply have to change the strategy. That's why I, I've named the AC strategist. So for example, how many times do you hear, you know, I'm just not that type of person who can lose weight, or I'm just not the salesperson, or I'm just not, you know, fill in the blanks. And all I say is, don't take it personal. It's not who you are. And the same goes for employees, by the way. Um, it's not who you are. You just need a different strategy, right? If uh, And that goes for emotions. Uh, and that goes for, for skill sets that you have. That's a very deep-rooted belief. So if you're not getting the results, simply look at it very objectively, saying, um, okay, what is the result I want to get and what is the hypothesis I put out there and that's not working or what variable is not working and what, how could I change the strategy? That's it. Like, you know, if you don't, you're financially not where you want to be, well, you just need to change your strategy. It's not, it's not your identity of you're bad with money, uh, but it's a strategy to getting there. If you say I'm a bad team leader, you just don't have the strategies right now to be able, for example, to go from micromanaging to uh, coaching them to success. You just need the processes. You need different systems. And so 
that's the the nugget that I always lay to people's heart because we th take things too personal. We always think that we're not good enough. And I always, I'm out there saying we're, you're good enough. You know, you're, you're worth it. Go out there, kick some butt. And if you're not getting the results, you just need a new strategy and there's plenty out there. And I'm sure you're going to figure it out because you always have, because you always Definitely. have right in the past. There you go. Definitely. Definitely. And I love that nugget because everybody needs that. And you're right, because once you hit that brick, brick wall, people give up. But I'm telling you, on the other side of that brick wall, there is your success. So don't give up because you just need that one little thing, that one little tweak that may not be working and you tweak it. And then all of a sudden stuff takes off. So it's really amazing about that little nugget of information there. So those of you that are listening to the replay, make sure that you are writing this stuff down because this is some valuable information. The information she's giving for some people, they pay thousands of dollars for this information. So definitely write it down. And I'm going to sign off like I usually do. Geraldine, thank you for joining us. Really good conversation. And everyone, if nobody has told you today, you are unstoppable and you are the beacon of hope. Everyone have a good Sunday morning and we will see you Tuesday. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye. It's great to be on. Bye. Definitely.